The Buffalo Bills made easy work of the New England Patriots on Thursday night football, 24-10. We'll get into that game where the Patriots may be a fraudulent over 500 team that we might see slide down the stretch. Maybe some internal questions about what's going on there, especially with play calling duties on offense. Who would have seen that one coming? <laughs> uh, and we'll make the picks for the rest of week 13 that were not in our Six pack of games from yesterday's podcast and good news, everyone. Drew Brees not struck by lightning. All that and more coming up right now. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. And of course, all of the lines we reference when making our picks on today's program for Week 13 come from Bet Online, where the game starts. I just want to get this out of the way, Matt. Uh, okay. Good news: Drew Brees is fine. Uh, Catherine Terrell has <laughs> reported she texted Drew Brees. Drew Brees said he is fine, and he was not, after all, struck by lightning. Those are the headlines you wake up to in the year 2022 on uh, the social media world. I guess there was a uh, some viral marketing campaign where Drew Brees gets struck by lightning. It's like, oh, they caught, they caught Drew Brees getting struck up by lightning on video. It's like, what? That's, That's crazy. what we woke up to today. Not not real. Did Not, not real. Okay. Fake news. I didn't hear any of that before I convened with you, but so be it. Um good for drew makes me happy uh unfortunate bit of real news with antonio brown who yeah. the police are trying to find and arrest and uh you know some uh, yeah i mean i just it's that just guy's off crazy after crazy before. after crazy yeah, yeah and that is a, a real story although there was a report that it was like a standoff with police which wasn't really the case but police are trying to find him and um they have a warrant out for his arrest due to some domestic uh stuff it's like man i mean that guy <laughs> i don't think anyone thinks his story is gonna end good no and yeah. what worries me the most is it is it like a cte thing you know is he mm -hmm. just a knucklehead or is, is there something like he needs medical attention you know what i mean because like his, it's so far gone and I, I don't know how bad he always was and i think he was interesting human being right and you covered him in in pits oh yeah i know people know all well, talked yeah. about the vantes perfect hit and you know multiple concussions that potentially sent him on a path that's just kind of it, it doesn't seem it doesn't add up right like this, this behavior isn't just normal like oh i'm a diva behavior right i mean to, to really pull back the curtain i mean his mother they grew up in a very, very rough neighborhood in Florida. His mother kicked him out of the house as a 15-year-old, and he was basically homeless. And, and, you know, and so he certainly has some trust issues and some background stuff that's not pretty. Um, frankly, I don't think he's the smartest human being in the world either, you know, but so be it. Um, he was always a crazy hard worker. I do have know some people that absolutely believe that that perfect hit changed him in two ways, maybe medically with his brain, maybe. But certainly made him realize that he's human, you know, that I might not be able to do this the rest of my life and I'm going to view the world differently. You know, it scared him as it would any human being to shows that the guy is human. 
But the recent stuff is nuts. And I, I don't think for much of his Steeler career, he was this problematic. But I give Tomlin all the credit in the world for harnessing a big personality. There's some actual football news, though, because we had Thursday night football to kick off week 13 last night, Matt. And that was the Buffalo Bills really handling too easily the New England Patriots for uh, for uh, a team that that Bill Belichick sees multiple times per year in the division Thursday on the road for the Bills. And this game was never really uh, didn't really ever feel close, even though the Patriots did have that seven nothing lead at the beginning or seven three lead after one quarter. Um, And then the Bills just kind of rolled away and the Patriots couldn't get anything going on offense. The thing I'll point to here, Matt, is that first of all, there looked like there was a sizable gap between these two teams. If you were thinking, Hey, the Patriots might make a run and even try to make a run at the, you know, at the division, let alone try to make a, you know, a run at one of those wild card spots, the the division thing is not happening. There's, there's definitely a gap in, in talent with these two football teams. That was clear. Oh yeah. I mean, Good. I'm sorry. I just want to ask you this. So how fraudulent were the Patriots coming into this game? Because when you see them play against a really good team like that at home, and then uh, Ari Merov of Pro Football Focus uh, had a tweet that, that put it into perspective as well. It's like, okay, well, the six wins that the Patriots have this year, mm-hmm. they beat Sam Ellinger, Oops. Mitch Trubisky, yeah. Jacoby Brissett, Zach Wilson twice, None of those five quarterbacks are still the quarterback of the football teams they play for. Jared Goff is the only win they have where the guy's still the quarterback of that team. And that's the, you know, the Detroit Lions. Wow. I didn't realize that, but it does add up. I mean, I do think the Patriots are a league average team and they're sitting at six and six, but there's also a lot of really bad teams. And I don't think they can compete with the really good teams. Um, I've, I've said, you know, going back to the preseason, I don't know where the good players here are. I mean, like who's above average starters. And I think that list is longer than I originally suspected the Judons of the world. And I think Ramondre Stevenson's kind of a star in the making, to be honest with you. Um, But the defense isn't the best defense in the league. Like it looked because, you know, it does great work against bad teams and the offense is extremely disjointed. And I never, uh, two, two highlights was definitely Ramondre Stevenson. He looks great. And you got to love the slot corner Jones coming out here, getting the ball and then looking like Tyree kill. Like he was shot out of a cannon for that. They're leading receiver for most of the game. I don't know yeah. if you finished that way, but it's yeah. Let's see more of that. You know I mean? He's, it, their, he's their best playmaker. Yeah, absolutely. He's he phenomenal. The for him last week with the punt return. Yep. Um, couple bills nuggets. Uh, I've been pushing all along more James cook, more James cook. I think we're starting to see some of that. Uh, they are running the ball with some consistency. And I think they realize Late in the year, you know, let's take a little bit off of Allen. Let's prepare for the playoffs with some kind of running game. Allen and Diggs were tremendous. But if you just look at the box score, you would think this was a closer game than it was, you know. But there are some underlying numbers like total plays, total first downs, um, time of possession. They had over 38 minutes of time of possession where the Bills were really never threatened once you got into the second quarter. By the way, Marcus Jones did finish the game as their leading receiver by they 20 really yards. Are. Yeah, two catches for 51 yards and the, the 48-yard touchdown there for Marcus Jones. The next closest was rookie wide receiver Tyquan Thornton, who had uh, two catches for 31 yards, and then Ramondre Stevenson out of the backfield, six for 24. So when you look at this offense and you see Mac Jones on the sideline, and Mac Jones wasn't great in this game, and you know everything was, was short, and you're trying yeah. to – 
and Mac Jones is frustrated because you can't come back if you're not throwing the ball in a way that you could come back in a game. So Mac Jones is frustrated, yelling on the sidelines, like call, call pass plays, call deep pass plays, right? He wants to throw the ball to try to win a football game because he's a competitive guy. And it's got to be frustrating. You're sitting there. It's like, well, we can't possibly win this game now because we can't do what we need to do on offense to get the points we need to win. Yeah, yeah. And then after the game, Kendrick Bourne was asked about that very thing and the frustration. And Kendrick Bourne, wide receiver who caught, you know, a couple of dink balls from mm-hmm. Matt Jones. Right. Yeah, man. Uh, this was his quote. Yeah, man. We need to scheme up better. We need to know what they're doing. We need to know what they want to do on third down. They call this and we call that. And it falls right into the way they want. So kind of pointing toward this whole Matt Patricia, Joe Judge, um, offense, defensive coordinator group situation. We kind of made fun of it to start the season and looked at the Patriots roster and thought, man, this could end really bad. It hasn't been that bad. But again, they're. Bill Bel- this is Bill Bell looking at those quarterbacks they've beaten. Yeah, that's big. Patriots season has been Bill Belichick beating up on bad quarterbacks, and that's about it. Losing the adequate and good ones. You yes. know? <laughs> yeah. you play, you're kind of screwed. Yeah, I don't have a lot more to add to it than that. I mean, um, I, the whole plan seemed insane from the beginning. It's starting to really come to fruition that maybe it was bonkers. Um, I. I'm not blaming Mac Jones for all the struggles, but he doesn't really have second reaction abilities too. you know, I mean, if you do, if the first reads aren't there, he's not going to improv and Josh Allen had thrown out of bounds and, you know, an awesome strike in the end zone. I mean, those plays yeah. aren't going to happen. It has to be all by the book, which is an argument not to draft those type of players. Um, but I don't think Jones is a bad player, but I mean, there was a third and nine or something like that where, the guy runs an eight yard out, you know, like, what, what, you know, things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah exactly. And uh, Warren Sharp put it well last night at Sharp Football on Twitter mm-hmm. after the games, like the down three scores in the fourth quarter. The Patriots orchestrated a 17 play drive, which is usually a good thing. Took okay. five minutes. I know what he's talking about, right? 45 seconds off the clock, gained 60 yards, average of 3.75 yards per play, and resulted in a field goal. And the Bills said, thank scores. you. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's <laughs> right, right, right. What you want the other team to do when you're up big is just take away the clock, eat it. Sure, go on, you, you know, crawl down the field and kick a field goal. Perfect. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you three points if you eat up six minutes a clock and seventeen play drive because we're still going to win. That's not good enough, and and that kind of encapsulates encapsulates the whole situation here. It's it's not I, good. And, and the, you know, for me, covering the 49ers, and we went through this whole process of are, are the 49ers going to take and people like Schefter's like the 49ers are going to take Mac Jones number three. That was the report. Oh, right, the, right. You know, the day before the NFL drafts, like you're going to you're going to not only draft that player who's a nice player if he falls into your lap, you know, at the end of round one or even in round two. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the kind of what I thought of him. Remember, I was like, yeah, he's kind of a first, second round guy for me. Yeah. Uh, late one, early two. You know, Andy Dalton's of the world. That That's where he was for me. And I was like, man, I mean, what am I missing with Mac Jones? Are the Niners really going to spend three first-round picks to draft Mac Jones? And apparently it was tight between Trey Lance and Mac Jones. And who knows what Trey Lance turns out to be, but you don't spend that many resources on Mac Jones. So that's one thing that could have given 49ers fans nightmares. And it might would have looked maybe better with the weapons on offense for sure. with the 49ers, but – you know, when you're swinging There's for the ceiling, the quarterback, there, you're you're swinging for ceiling, right? Yeah, yeah. Last note that I do think needs mentioned, even with Von Miller out and some problems with the Bills, you know, defensive front, 
the, the tackles for the, the Patriots were a problem. You know, Wynn was out and Brown was playing with some kind of bad illness that showed. I mean, the protection was a problem for driving the ball down the field, too. Let's move on to the rest of the games yeah. on week 13. Make our picks next. Today's episode presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. What's to love about the format of Prize Picks? Well, first of all, if your year-long fantasy leagues have gone in the tank, that's where daily fantasy comes in. You can play every single day with Prize Picks, and Prize Picks is the easiest format to play in the daily fantasy world because you're not drafting an entire team. You're not playing against other players. All you're doing is you're looking at the prize picks projection in whatever sport you want to play. Tons of NFL projections, NBA, NHL, golf, uh, college sports, motorsports, soccer. You've got tennis, MMA, boxing, cricket, you name it. You can find tons of esports as well, which is a big one that I'm not into. But apparently yeah. uh, that's going crazy, right? And then people are into it. You can find projections on that at prize picks. And all you do is you pick two to five players if they score more or less than their prize picks projection you can win up to 10 times your money on that entry it is that easy entries can be made in less than 60 seconds you can play every single stinking day if you want to safe and fast withdrawals and prize picks is currently operational in over 30 states and canada so download the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports first time users can receive a 100 instant deposit match up to 100 with promo code locked on if you deposit $100, Price Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Price Picks will give you $50 more to play with. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. So I want to thank everybody once again for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen today. But uh, for your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, taking a peek at the schedule, and we did our six-pack of favorite games. There's a lot of good games. Good ones, yeah. Buddy. Uh, I want to go to your squad over there in Pittsburgh. Okay. Matt, those Pittsburgh Steelers favored by a point over the Atlanta Falcons, and the Falcons are a team that are like, hey, we're only a half game out of first place right now. So this is a game where uh, and you know, the Steelers started so slow, four and seven. I think they're playing a lot better ball, better on the defensive side of the ball. So they might be more of a, you know, a thorn in team sides down the stretch than actually have an opportunity to get into – that conversation of the you know the wild card in the AFC because there's too many good teams over there but uh, this is kind of a sneaky important game in week 13. Yeah it's an interesting one Atlanta I'll be honest no offense Falcons fans I'm sure you know this but I do extensive research for the Steelers opponents it's really just stop the run <laughs> I mean nobody runs the ball like the Falcons and Bears I mean just <clears throat> volume no matter what, they could be down 30. They're handing it off. And they got four ball carriers that all are going to play. And the Steelers' run defense last year was horrendous. It's gotten much, much, much better. But they played Monday night on the road. Now they got to travel again. Could they be worn down in the fourth quarter as they keep handing it to Cordero Patterson? Cordero Patterson, side note, Steelers really were problematic on kickoff coverage last week. That worries me, too. Mm. Maybe Patterson takes one to the house. But it's hard to get behind this Falcons team if you think you have any semblance of a run defense because, I mean, Kyle Pitts put up terrible numbers, as we know, but everyone used to at least double him. Like now, you know, Drake London hasn't had more than 40 yards since week three. You know, like that's criminal, man. I mean, like if you can stop the run, which I think the Steelers can, the Falcons really don't have anything else. 
Yeah, the even though his numbers weren't good, the spacing that Kyle Pitts could provide right. his offense was pretty important. And now you can just say, well, we're going to have as many in the boxes as we can handle, right? And yeah. look, go for it. And Mariota's not the type of guy to air it out either. So um, it was a good quarterback. But that that that's why I do lean toward the Steelers in this one. And that's why they're probably favored on the road, even though they've the the their opponent has a better record. It, this line's been weird. I mean, the favorite has switched like five times throughout the the week. I mean, it's been plus one, minus one, minus a half. You know, you know, I, I don't think it's that even, but maybe I'm a little too biased here. I think Pittsburgh's a noticeably better team. So I have been preaching the the home dogs too. It's only one point right now that mm. you're getting with the Falcons as that home underdog. But I just like the Steelers a lot better in this. I, I like yeah. the progression of young quarterback. Pick it, and uh-huh. so uh, I'm going to give up that one point, and I'm going to take the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, me too. Taking a look at the Bears and Packers, Matt. This is a big one because Aaron Rodgers says he's going to play, and we thought there was, you know, a lot of conversations. Like, did we see the last of Aaron Rodgers in a Green Bay Packers uniform last week? And it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. But the way Aaron Rodgers is talking makes me think that he's kind of knows the score a little bit more and that he will be sitting at some point this year. Cause he talked about as long as we're mathematically in it mm-hmm. and it's also him probably not wanting to put the message out there that I'm, I want to step away. I want to not play, you know? So he wants to be like, I'm still here. I want to play if we're in it before I hand it over to Jordan love. That's the mm-hmm. vibe I'm getting right now. I might be off here, but sounds I'm like getting the same off. thing. And I'm yep. also getting a little hint of, but hey, I'm a really good guy and a good teammate and want to do what's best for the team late in the year. And Jordan can play when we're eliminated, you know, Yes, which might not be <laughs> true long from now. You know, <laughs> right. Right. Is at four and eight. Uh, but this is a, a good matchup for them to get right against the three and nine bears. Justin Fields banged up. He's going to try to play as well. They sat him last week, uh, but the, the team has been so Justin Field centric Darnell Mooney's out now on offense for him to throw to and Not he's banged bad. up. So you don't want to run him 14 times like they had been. And the defense, everybody's out. They got no starters left on defense. The bears are in really bad shape. It's going to be hard for them to win down the stretch. And you can't you, like as much as you need to play fields and develop him. You don't want to get the guy killed either and, and hurt his opportunity to play next year. I mean, just going off what I've read in vibes, I think it's going to be Rogers versus fields. But the Bears have a, a bye next week. Why would you put a running quarterback with a bad shoulder out there for this one game when you're going nowhere? I, I don't understand the logic behind that. Of course, there's the, the human side of it. I'm the leader of this team. I'm going to play if I can even walk. I get yeah. the, the machismo. And I, of I think all, that's you know? the the big thing with both those guys. You know, right, you, right. You can't not you have the, they have to sit you down. You're not going to sit yourself down. Yeah. And that's fine. Okay. I mean, I, I, we've all been around football long enough to know that that stuff exists. It just doesn't seem smart. Green Bay, it still seems smart. I mean, I'm going to take the Packers because they own the bears. And I think the bears besides fields really have nothing to hang their hat on. I mean, Chase Claypool's a disaster. The defense is horrendous. Um, But uh, that Green Bay run defense is certainly worrisome for this pick. We saw what the Eagles did to them. Holy cow. You know, I mean, a lot of quarterback runs as well. Mm-hmm. But I I do think there's something to Rodgers owning this team, owning the division, wants to go out, get another, you know, win against a, a bad football team and probably will by more than three and a half. Quick thing to run by you, though. The, the Packers are four and eight. But the state of the NFC, could they win five more games or four games and – 
jump the Giants and get in still? Uh, no, because the Giants have a one off, game yeah. lead. It's just too okay. much. Yeah, it's just too like, much. It's yeah. possible, but the Packers would – they have eight losses. They they would have to win out. You have to get at least yeah. nine wins. So nine and eight could get you in if the Packers got hot, didn't lose a game the rest of the way, and one of those teams, Commanders, Giants, you know, Seahawks in there as well, would have to collapse and and, and end the year and, and tiebreakers and everything would have to break the Packers' way. They're, they're very nearly already mathematically eliminated. Yeah. In fact, if they lose this week and – uh, well, Washington and the New York Giants can't both win because they're playing. Right, I'm saying they're playing each other. Uh, they're getting pretty close to being mathematically eliminated. Okay, yeah. I'm I'm just trying to manufacture an NFC team that could finish strong and be relevant. And that would be a hell of a story. And it's it's not impossible as we currently sit. We'll say that. Right. Yeah. Highly improbable. Highly improbable. I will say also that Justin Fields' injury is his non-throwing shoulder too, so he could still sling it around a little bit. Right. Uh, I'm more worried about the running. But yeah, I don't. I don't think that's going to be the case. So yeah, I'll give up the three points. Give me the Packers and Christian Watson another long touchdown against that Bears defense. Oh, good call. All right, we'll go rapid fire here to finish up the week of the week thirteen picks next on Peacock and Williamson. But first, I want to let everybody know about some new football podcasts that are coming up on Audible. And we've talked all week about the new Ryan Khalil, former All Pro offensive lineman, his new podcast. But there's another one. The title is Think Like a Champion. You can find it wherever you get your podcast. And it is a brand new podcast, Think Like a Champion, from Russell Wilson and Audible. And to be honest with you, the way Russell Wilson's season has gone, Matt, I think there's a chance this is actually a more interesting podcast than they yeah, yeah. thought it, it was going a little to bit. be preseason, right? Yeah. Uh, Russell Wilson alongside co-host Harry Wilson and the late Trevor Moad, digs into high-performance athletes, artists, and leaders, push the boundaries of their potential. You can hear players like two-time Super Bowl champion and MVP Von Miller deliver sharp insights about performing at your highest level in moments of extreme pressure. Or how about this, Matt? This is a, this is like probably a, a more interesting podcast maybe now than, than you would have thought and, and maybe even get into the, the minds of two very interesting characters that play quarterback in the NFL – Russell Wilson talking with in, uh, former NCAA champion Tim Tebow. Discuss how hmm. to find your unique personal mission in this world. Like, it's kind of a sneaky, interesting like to hear with those to be a fly in the wall for those two. Yeah. Yeah. Russell Wilson and Tim Tebow, right? Um, you know, each episode features interviews with Olympic medalists, NFL stars, and business leaders. And of course, the new Think Like a Champion podcast available for free on Audible or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, moving along in the week 13 schedule, we've got the Jaguars at the Lions, both teams coming in at four and seven. Both teams kind of playing some pretty good football right now, and it's actually the Jaguars on the road that are favored by one point here. We got an over-under of 51. Uh, the, the Vegas odds think this is a shootout. This sneakily, I mean, because this slate is so good this week, no one seems to be talking, Jags, Lions. I think this is an unbelievably fun game. I wish this was the you know Thursday night or Sunday night or Monday night or so I could just watch every snap of it. Because I think there's a lot of interesting storylines and two young teams that are maybe turning the corner a little bit and could be relevant next year. I don't want to pick it. I want to watch it, but I'll take the Jags. I'm going to take the one-point home underdog here just because they're at home. And what we've seen this year with a chaotic NFL and what we've seen with young quarterbacks, mm -hmm. you want to – 
go to the Jag side because Trevor Lawrence had his best game of the year last week, which means Absolutely. he's probably due for a stinker this week. Although that's the defense you want to face <laughs> yeah. with the Lions. Well, the Lions defense playing a little bit better recently than they it were is, it is. the season. So, um, yeah, should be a popcorn game. A lot of points. Give me those Detroit Lions at home. Okay. We are down to the Denver Broncos. Speaking of Russell Wilson, Ooh. Denver Broncos at three and eight are traveling to the seven and four. Baltimore Ravens, Baltimore at home here, favored by nine and a half, but the over-under is only 39 and a half. So you got a, a big line with a low over-under. So that means they think this game is going to be only scoring on the Baltimore Ravens side, essentially. Yeah, and I don't think there's going to be enough of that. I think they win at home. Um, I don't like the Ravens offense right now, and I'm still very fond of the Broncos. D. I think nine and a half is just too big a number. I think they win by a touchdown, six, something like that. But um, probably a sloppy, low-scoring game, as the over-under is telling us. So I want points. I I kind of lean to that, too. I wouldn't come close to putting my money on this one just because right. the number's too high. But I can't bet on the Broncos. Like, if this game goes one way, it's going to yeah. go to the Ravens' side of, of a big blowout, potentially, if it, if it does do that. So... And the Broncos offense has not been able to put up points. And oh, I'm done trying to think, ah, maybe, you know, the Broncos might have something in them down the stretch. Nope. So uh, I'm reluctantly going to say, yeah, you know what? Let's just give up the points and and root for a uh, a Ravens blowout. But I would not put my money on that to root for such things. No, I agree. But we just talked about Russell Wilson, and he's been horrendous. I'm not defending him one bit. But I wish we could see a month of – Sutton, Judy, Javante, Williams, Hamler, and, you know, the young tight end. And just see what it looks like. Is it all him or, you know. That's going to be the conversational offseason. Okay, let's get right. all the playmakers back. There's going to be a new play caller or maybe a new head coach completely. Like, sure. Okay, that was, you know, new stuff. That didn't work. We got a new thing in there. It's going to be a lot better. And then let's see how that looks with all the playmakers. That, that's what they're going to try to sell because they can't get out from under that contract. I think he's like a $90 million dead cap hit if they move on yeah. from next year. I mean, I think he's, he's going to be back. Post June 1st, they could, it, it would be more palatable. They still take huge hits, but it might he's not be, be impossible, but it would kind of screw up their cap for a while. And then, mm -hmm. you know, they'd just be bad anyway. So why not hold on to him for one more year and still be bad either way? I would still consider making a Desmond Ritter like draft pick, though, on day two. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The Cleveland Browns, it is the Deshaun Watson era starting in Houston, Matt. The four and seven Browns at the one, nine and one Houston Texans. The Browns favored by seven on the road here. Yeah, I'm going to take the home dog here just because I think Houston, who I firmly believe is the worst team in the league, has to view this like it's their Super Bowl. You know, the emotions. Last time anyone's going to pay any attention to your team the rest of the year, there's going to be the victims in the building. I mean, I mean, it's a, a, a crazy storyline other than football of course but if we just focus on football i think the browns run it eight thousand times and have m much success doing that but i also think houston can hand it to pierce a ton against a terrible run defense of the browns and i expect watson to be rusty yes that's a big one a, a lot put on watson here a lot of rust we're talking multiple years of not playing right yeah. and, 700 um, days. and the texans super bowl at home Mm -hmm. And the Texans are going to be up for this game, if not any other, the rest of the way down the stretch. I like that it's at least a touchdown or more there um, with the home dog. So, yeah, give me the Texans in this one. Yep. Kind of hoping they win. Seattle Seahawks are on the road in Los Angeles at the Rams, the six and five Seahawks at the three and eight Rams. And Seattle, another road team favored by a touchdown. 
I'll lay the points. I just think the Rams are dreadful right now. I mean, they have no offensive firepower. Donald's not going to play. I think Seattle will get it right here. No, no Donald's. No, I mean, right. it's, it's. I mean, I think probably, like, if you add it up on the season, like, what are the three players you can't lose if you are the Rams? Well, quarterback, you know, Matthew Stafford, Cooper sure. Cup, Aaron Donald, right? So. And Good luck. Problem. Guys. Right. Yeah. And they had issues when they were all healthy. Yep. So give me those. I know I don't like to, I don't like the over a, a touchdown on the road. And I, I think the Seahawks maybe aren't as good as their early season record was, but uh, they still should be able to handle the Rams pretty easily. Might look like something like we saw Thursday night with the bills and the Patriots actually. So uh, give me those Seahawks here and I'll give up the touchdown. Yeah. I mean, I think they'll play well enough. Chargers Raiders, the Los Angeles Chargers at six and five at the four and seven Raiders. Las Vegas is favored by a point. Matt, they've shown more signs of life recently. They have. I mean, I'm higher on the offense, the head coach, the situation there than I was. I don't feel strong about betting this game at all. I guess I'll take the one um, and basically bet, bet on Herbert. Same here. I mean, this one's easy for okay. me. Give me those charges. Okay. Better football. Better yeah. football team. I don't care where they're playing. Uh, Indianapolis Colts at the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys should be favored and are favored by 10 and a half. Boy, I mean, studied the Colts to no end last week, and it's not pretty, especially offensively, especially dealing with a big pass rush. They're going to see a big pass rush. I love where Dak Prescott's at right now. I think they win by double digits. I was hoping this game's this line was gonna be a little bit lower because you know mm-hmm. the Colts have a little better with Jeff Saturday and, and kept some games close, which makes me want to take the points in this game because ten and a half is a lot, and I think the Colts can play a brand of football that keeps it you know a little bit closer. I, I would never pick the Colts to win this, and they're on the road, so I hate this line. I wouldn't want to bet it, but I'm gonna reluctantly take points and say that this is okay. uh, a game where Dallas could win by you know seven or ten, and, and you still win this bet. I mean, Jonathan Taylor could keep it close, and I think the Colts D is pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The New Orleans Saints, 4-8. and eight. This is an NFC South showdown on Monday Night Football. The first-place Buccaneers at 5-6, and six, trying to scratch back to 500 at home. They're favored by 3.5. Oh, I want the points here. I think these are very equal, uninspired, uh, unexciting teams at this point. Saints always play the Bucs tough. You know, Lattimore on Evans, you know, there is some history here. Usually they're physical type games. I'll just take points, but I'm not very high on either one of these teams right now. I, I might have gotten the Bucks picks the most wrong throughout the entire season. Mm-hmm. And I might again, but I'm going to take the Bucks and give up those points at home. They're going to turn the corner. I keep saying that over. <laughs> they never do. It's the, the angle on that corner is not sharp, but they might eventually get that thing. <laughs> Maybe. It's, it's like a tanker turning the corner. All right. That is week 15. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen. Matt and I back Monday to break it all down right here. Peacock and Williamson.